EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, the first half of our two-week feature with music and interviews with the Twang Town Paramours, plus a sketch from John Harvey, and a midge sketch by Carol Silverberg. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, Last week I received a phone call from my mother telling me that my older sister was going to visit from out of town. I courteously listened as she continued telling me all the plans she had for us as a family. I haven't seen my sister since I went away to college, and when I put down the phone, I broke out in a full-fledged panic attack. Granny Ada, I don't know how else to put this, but 2,000 miles of distance was the best thing that ever happened to us. During our childhood, she constantly teased me about my acne, weight, my scholarly aptitude, you name it. I could not get her to leave me alone. Our parents rarely intervened and put it off as normal sibling behavior. Today, I'm a well-established partner at a law firm, own a nice house, and I'm engaged to a wonderful woman who loves and understands me. How should I handle her visit? Personally, I would just like to tell Mom I'm going out of town to avoid any confrontation from my nemesis. Signed, No Sister Friend. Dear No Friend, How delightful. Wanting to go out of town just to avoid your anxiety. Seems someone is harboring resentment for childhood angst, never dealing with this situation professionally. For goodness sakes, young man, time to grow up and face your fears. You are a lawyer who seems to have become a responsible member of society. You're loved and, may I remind you, engaged. What are you planning to do for your wedding? Elope so that you don't have to invite your sister? And when you have children... 
Will they not be allowed to get to know their aunt? Time to grab the bull by the horns and have a tete-a-tete with your nemesis. <laughs> Don't be confrontational and hostile. Rather, be gentle and honest. I have a feeling she's moved on from caring about your pimples and is anxious to have an adult relationship with her successful brother. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Ladies and gentlemen, Beulah Deschamps calling from... Budapest, Hungary. <laughs> well, how wonderful. Visiting relatives? Oh, yes, yes, I am. It is a wonderful way to start off the new year. So, where are you staying? Well, I was going to stay in a hotel, but my cousin Angela insisted that I stay with her. Well, that is nice of her. Yes, it is. And how long are you staying in Hungary? I plan to stay about a week and then move on to Stockholm. I see. I tell you, Bree, if you've ever have time to travel, this is a lovely country. Exotic, brimming with culture, music, and the goulash is out of this world. <laughs> oh, I love goulash. The meat, the macaroni, the tomato sauce. Oh, Bree, that's not goulash. It's not? No, dear. Brace yourself, because here is the truth. Goulash is a soup. A soup? Yes, dear, a rich red beef soup with onions, paprika, and caraway. Really? Yes. Wow, all these years I thought it was ground beef and macaroni. Well, you see, the origin of the soup can be traced back to the ninth century. Shepherds cut their meat into cubes, cooked it with onion in a heavy iron kettle, bograts, and slowly stewed the dish until all the liquid evaporated. They dried the remnants in the sun, probably on their sheepskin capes, and then put the dried food in a bag made of the sheep's stomach. Whenever they wanted food, they would take out a piece of the fired meat, added some water, and reheated it. With a lot of liquid, it became a gulyash soup. If less liquid added, it became kuyas meat. Even today, this distinction exists probably to mystify foreigners and foreign cookbook writers. The more parts of beef and beef innards are used, the better the goulash will be. Of course, lard and bacon and chopped onion are absolute musts. Never use any flour. Never use any other spice besides caraway. Never Frenchify it with wine. Never Germanize it with brown sauce. Never put it in any other garniture besides diced potatoes or galushka, a sort of dumpling. But many variations are possible. You may use fresh tomatoes or tomato puree, garlic, sliced green peppers, hot cherry peppers to make it very spicy, and so on. It is hearty and delicious and warms you up even on the coldest of days. I am truly intrigued. I remembered Hungary to be beautiful, 
but I hadn't been here in over twenty-five years, and it has really changed into a more modern, dynamic country. I just came out of a spa that has floors of wellness from the most modern machines to artisan thermal bath spas, health restaurants, even studios where you can stay if you are a tourist. Huh. And do you know how Europe is famous for cafes and pastry shops? Yes. Well, Angela took me to a very cool spot here in the city called Zoo Cafe. Already sounds interesting. The pastries are endless all over Hungary. The coffees and hot chocolate are decadent, but what makes Zoo Cafe unique are the shop's resident animals, including kittens, macaws, bearded dragons, some striped squirrels, and even a chameleon in attendance. And is it clean? Oh, yes, dear, very clean, modern and fun. I guess I have to wrap my head around having pastries and coffees around animals right next to me. You do realize well-behaved dogs are allowed in most coffee houses and restaurants all over Europe. Yes, I have heard that. And Europeans are generally just as healthy as we are in America. I know. All I am saying, dear, is that pets are dressed up in America, but they have nowhere to show off their fancy duds except outside on a dirty sidewalk. Okay, Beulah. Jeez, I get it. Get it, Beulah. Make your cousine hasbush. Yo, yo, minya yuvik. I'm sorry, Bree, but I have to go. Angela and I are going to a play tonight, and first we need to eat. I didn't know you speak Hungarian. <laughs> Very little, but when in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I have sent the goulash recipe and one other amazing dessert I didn't even tell you about. It is so delicious I have eaten it three times since I've been here. Well, what is it? It is a decadent Hungarian trifle recipe that is known as sumloi goluska and is made with three different orange-flavored sponge cakes soaked in rum, with pastry cream, raisins, walnuts, chocolate sauce, and whipped cream. Oh, it is heavenly. Wow. Oh, yes, wow. Did you get the downloads? I have. Yes, I have. Did it! Yuvik. Sorry, Bree. Angela's getting anxious. Of course. Thanks, Beulah, for these amazing recipes. And have fun! Toodles! Well, Beulah certainly has opened my eyes to different cultural traits. Who knew goulash was a soup? And dogs eat inside restaurants. <laughs> oh. I'll post this goulash and this amazing decadent dessert on Beulah's recipe app. You can download these and all her other amazing recipes exclusively on kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. What's your emergency? I think I'm going to die. You think you're going to die? Yes. Could be any minute now, I'm sure. And uh, what makes you so sure? It's death. He's been lurking around my house for over a week now. He... Who? Death. I'm trying to keep a low profile here. You know, stay out of the spotlight so I can stay off the radar. I'm hoping maybe he'll just give up and leave. Excuse me, sir? You know, considering the large number of celebrities we lost last year, 
I don't want to become one of them. And, uh, you're a celebrity, sir? Shh, not so loud. Yes, I'm a celebrity, uh, of sorts. What's your name, sir? Look, if you don't mind, I'd really rather not say. Better safe than sorry, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'm beginning to. Good. Like I said, can't be too careful. Pick someone else for crying out loud. Someone else? Yes, I just want him to leave me alone. What should I do? So, uh, sir, you, you say he's been scoping you out for a few weeks, right? Yeah, he first showed up towards the end of 2016, right around the time he started scooping up all those last-minute celebrities. I guess he must have upped his high-profile quota for the year. But, uh, you're still here, sir. For now, thank God. I figure he must have gotten sidetracked with the bigger names and had no choice but to put me on the first-of-the-year list or something. Uh-huh. That's why I called you. Oh, lucky me. Look, I'm not taking any chances. Is, uh, is he there now, sir? Uh, can you see him? Yes, he's standing in my front yard. Uh, sir, uh, what, what does he look like? You know, tall, wears a hooded robe. Can't see his face. Is he carrying a scythe? No, that's the weird thing about it. Oh, that's the weird thing about it. I know, right? Where's the scythe? Sir, uh, you, you do know that the new Star Wars movie recently opened up in the theater just down the street from your address. Yeah? So? Well, sir, don't you think it might be a fan dressed up as the Emperor? No, I'm pretty certain it's death. Okay. Hmm. Here's what we're going to do, sir. You're going to hang up. We'll pretend this call never happened. And, as messed up as this sounds, you will go back to living your life as you always have. A very long life, I might add. But what if it's really death and he decides to take me now? Well, if it actually is the death, then there really isn't anything we can do about it now, is there, sir? Hmm, good point. You should send an EMT crew over right away so I can be revived as soon as they get here. We can't waste any time. My life depends on it. Well, sir, I I've got a better idea. How about we let Death do his thing? I take this recording as your last conversation on Earth, and then I'll retire early when I sell it on eBay for a million dollars. You can do that? It's either that, or I'll send over a unit, and you win a free ticket to see Rogue One in our county lockup. But... Sir... Right now, that's your only option. May the Force be with you. Right now, I am talking with Mike and Mary Bell Lewis. And it is a pleasure to have these two wonderful artists here on our show. Their group is called the Twangtown Paramours. 
And it is exciting because I just love the music. It is so wonderfully played and sung. This is folk music? Would you consider this folk music? Well, some people do. What do you consider it's it? It's somewhere between Americana, folk, and I don't know what. Well, sophisticated Americana, I read, and I would probably coin that as well. I think that's brilliant. Definitely very sophisticated, beautifully sung. And folk music it is Americana, after all. And how lucky are we, you know, in this wonderful country of ours, to have musicians like you and, and to, to hear these wonderful songs. I mean, some are ballads, some are fun, some are you know, so different, each one and every one. So what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is to have a two-part series with this wonderful group, the Twangtown Paramours, Mike and Mary Beth Lewis. It is a pleasure to have you on our show, both of you. Thank uh, you. Wel- Thank you. Welcome. Obviously, this is in your genetics, your DNA. Tell me, how did you even start this? Oh, what is your background? Give me a little history. I've been singing since, really, I was probably three or four, and sang, um, my brother played the trumpet, my other brother played the drums, my mother loved opera and crooners, and there was always music going in my house, and I tried playing the clarinet, my parents really encouraged me to play an instrument, and I was horrible, and they told me if I would put down the clarinet, they would pay for me to have voice lessons, and so we struck a deal. (laughs) Uh, and it was because I was a lousy clarinet player that I got to study voice. Let's just let's just get into the songs here. I mean, you you have some amazing songs, and you know what? I'm going to go with "Heaven Is Somewhere Else" first. Tell me something about "Heaven Is Somewhere Else." It's got a message in it. I don't want to give the message away. I'd like people to interpret it as they will. Mm-hmm. But there's a message. Let's just say in the song. And any song that is worth listening to has some sort of a metaphor message that that we can connect to. So why don't we listen to Heaven is Somewhere Else? Because uh, I, well, I love all of these songs, but one of my favorites. Let's play, let's play this song. Okay. Where happiness might be You needn't 
guys really gotta go i'll be right back oh geez no the only bathroom in this place and it's out of order oh what am i gonna do oh wait a minute there's some instructions written on the other side let's see okay i have to exit through the front door hey pat where are you going trying to find a bathroom Okay, take 25 steps to the front sidewalk. Okay. Head in a northeasterly direction, approximately 122 and a half degrees for 437 steps, followed by another 65 feet. Okay. Watch where you're going, Sonny. Oh, sorry, ma'am. At this point, Turn 51 degrees due north and head for a distance of 422 feet, divided by two, plus half of that, then hang a left by the street light that has some rust and chipped surface on its lower right-hand side that's partially hidden by the bushes. Now, take out your sextant and find the Big Dipper constellation. Behind that is the Andromeda Galaxy. Set your sextant on the brightest star in said galaxy, then proceed for the next 18 and three-quarter minutes as the crow flies. Until you reach the Japanese rock garden. Go straight through the door, and when you see the garden gnome with the shining green globe, turn 45 degrees west-southwest and take 125 steps to the end of the nondescript gravel path. Then, you will run into some hedges that have been trimmed by an inebriated gardener, noticeable because of the telltale signs of inconsistencies in height, width, and basic lack of form. Ouch! Jeez! From there, head in a semicircular pattern towards your right, at the same time applying geodisc configuration formula squared. The sum of this will bring you to a non-colored house's side door. This door is usually not locked. So proceed to open. Okay, good, good. Walk down eight steps. And to your left is a half bath. Be very careful, for it is a dark room. 
No light switch, only a single chain on the ceiling fixture. I can do this. I can do this. Oh, no! A word of caution. If you finish reading this, then it is most assuredly too late. And now, two men we found on the streets claiming they could do one-liners. Monty and Carrie. heard your wife is attached to a machine for life support. Yeah, it's called the refrigerator. Hey, Carrie, I believe that everyone has a purpose in life. I guess yours must be to remind everyone else how much worse off they could be. Hey, Monty, you want to hear a poem? Sure. The thunder god went for a ride, astride his faithful filly. I'm Thor, he cried, the horse replied. You forgot your saddle, Philly. And we're back with Mike and Mary Beth Lewis from uh, Trangtown Paramours. You have an incredible background. You you are participating in the show Nashville, for instance. Um, I didn't well, not expect I'm that. You was well, extra or not, you're still on the show, and you are playing some yeah. other things too in there, aren't you? Well, you know, I, I play whatever they happen to need, and if I'm lucky enough, you can see me on camera for a split second every great once in a while. You have some award-winning songs out there. How many awards have you won? Uh, well, let's see. Well, Mary Beth and I, as the Twenty-Town Paramours, we we were Kerrville New Folk finalists three different times mm-hmm. in uh, 2011, 2013, and 2016. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, I should say it's really just Mary Beth won the Wildflower Contest in 2012. He says that because um, only one of us could sing, so I got nominated to sing, but he played with me, but he couldn't. It was just a one-person contest, yeah. yeah. Let's go into that segue on my way. Can you tell me a little bit about this one? I think, I'm, again, I'm gonna leave, I'd, I'd rather not say too much about it and leave it open to uh, people's interpretation. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that particular song because it was, it was we were at a show once, and after the show, somebody walked up to uh, us and said, you know, that song means so much to me. I was going through this terrible breakup, and I listened to that song over and over, and then he went through this very specific explanation of what the song meant. Hmm. which was very interesting. I hadn't heard it before. And he said, isn't that what it means? I said, yes, that's exactly what it means. Huh. Do. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> and that, and, you know, when it turns out like that, when, when, when an audience member or a listener can take a song and participate in it, then I feel like I've done something right. All right, so let's listen to On My Way. I'd soar into the sky There'd be no tears to leave you While I'm lifted by the wind 
I'd simply sail away and not return again At the break of morning with the crying of the starling I'll say so long my darling no longer on oh okay hi i'm midge the poodle and this is my segment called the world as i see it uh yesterday i had a chance to visit a friend's theater appreciation class frankly 
<laughs> I never worked in a classroom. Um, and I leaped at the chance to have this new experience. Um, Dr. Fluffy, my very educated bunny friend, heads the class. I asked the KB Cabaret sound crew to come with me to record this epic experience. It was a very interesting day, to, to say the least. Good morning, class. I'm Dr. Fluffy McFluffkins, Ph.D., your teacher for this theater appreciation course. Although I may look a tad hairy, let me assure you I am a thoroughly educated rabbit. You may call me Dr. Fluffy, but don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> uh, just little ice-breaking jokes put everyone at ease. Uh, I see one person understands my jokes. Bonus points for you, my boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, anywho... Today we are honored to have my friend and celebrity, Midge the Poodle, helping as the class assistant. Hi, Midge. Hi, Midge. Hello, everybody. Midge placed a copy of the syllabus on each of your desks, and I expect you to look them over tonight. We will have a quiz in the contents tomorrow. Now let's get started. As I go along, please feel free to ask questions. This class is theater appreciation, so we will go back to the beginning with the ancient Greeks. Ah, uh, uh, yes, the girl in the front, do you have a question? Yes. Your name? Susie. Yes, Susie. Uh, what is your question? Um, uh, well, uh, Dr. Fluffy, I was wondering if it'd be okay to eat in class. I had a very early morning chemistry lab, and I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Now you're talking. I love breakfast. Well, uh, yes, I suppose you may eat during class, but please be quiet about it and don't cause an unnecessary distraction. Oh, I smell something. It smells great. What is that? I have a bacon and egg sandwich. Oh, bacon. I love bacon. Oh, would you like one? I got two for the price of one at the drive-thru. Well, okay, if you don't mind. Gee, thanks. I have an extra banana if you want. Did you say banana? I love bananas. Oh, bananas, bananas, bananas. <laughs> I love bananas. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not acting like an academic professional. Well, that's okay. You're really cute when you're hopping up and down like that. You're such oh, a fluffy bunny. Do you use conditioner or mousse? Class. Class. Class, please. Let's get back to business and focus. Oh, so, now where were we? Oh, yes, the ancient Greeks. Let's start with comedy. Only Aristophanes' works survive from the old comedy period. He wrote over 40 plays, but human scholars only found 11 of his works, including the birds and the frogs. However, us bunny scholars found another play, the rabbits. We found it in a rabbit hole one day. Uh, yes, Susie, do you have a, another question? I know this is off-topic, but where did you get those cute little bunny-sized glasses? 
They make you look so smart. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, that is just really right. yeah. Look smart? Look smart? I am smart. I will have you know, young lady, that I am thoroughly educated in theater history and hold a Ph.D. in fuffology. Really? Now, let's get back to the ancient Greeks and Aristophanes. The play The Rabbits takes place in Cloud Bunny Land and contains a good deal of social satire. Like many of Aristophanes' plays, the main character is a trickster. Uh, yes, Debbie? Did the ancient Greeks wear little bow ties? You're so adorable in that little bow tie. <laughs> so cute. Oh, that's a cute little bow tie. Maybe I could get one as a standard poodle size for my hair. Where did you get it, the Banana Republic? Banana? <laughs> that's great. Did you say banana? Oh, I love bananas. Oh, oh, they're crying out loud. Okay, deep breath. I must get back to the lesson plan. Now, let's see. Where was I? Oh, yes, the main character of the play. Uh, he is a rabbit who is trying to win his freedom and outsmarts many humans. Uh, yes, Susie? I can't stand it anymore. You are so adorable. Look at all the fluff. Look at how your nose wiggles when you talk. I know this is not appropriate. Please, please, can I pat you? Oh, that sounds oh, wonderful. Oh, oh, so you sort of remind me that? of that stuffed bunny my parents gave me when I was a little kid. Oh, man, I love to hug that bunny. I used to take it everywhere. I even have him here at college with me. Oh, all right, I give up. One pet from each of you and mind the ears. And you in the back... Give me that banana. Oh, 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 can we pet the poodle oh, too? So sure, oh, go for oh, it. I love to be scratched behind the ears. Yeah, that was an interesting day. Yeah, it sure was. Well, if it makes you feel better, I baked some gluten-free banana cookies for you, Fluffy. Oh, slave to my addiction. <laughs> I hear ya. Well, I'm eating a bacon biscuit as we speak. <laughs> cheers to you, my friend. Cheers to you, too, Midge. And cheers to the noble profession of the arts and academia. Until next time, I'm Midge the Poodle. And I'm Dr. Fluffy McFluffins, Ph.D., and, and this, this is, is the, the world, world as, as we, we see it. it. Now, Walks Like a Duck is another song that I find, uh, it's, it's very fun. What inspired you to write and title the song Walks Like a Duck? If you I know, ask. I just, sometimes little phrases come to me like that, and, and I'll just start writing, and, and meaning will come from it. And again, there's a little message in there. It's not. It's, it's always fun for me to write a song that just seems completely silly, but it's not really. Mm -hmm. it, it, it says something that I'm trying to say. It's not. It's not the deepest song in the world, but it's. It's said in a way that I don't think was said before. Well, I tried to be. Would you want me to see?
somehow turn into But when it's in your head for me to lay an egg I don't know what to do I have no luck when I cluck, cluck, cluck And flap my arms about So I put some strain on my big bird brain And here's what I figured out Walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and waddles around like the pickens. If it acts like a duck, quacks like a duck, it ain't no chicken. You say you love me so, so why'd you go asking me to change? Swimming in the rain I like wet weather Can't change my feathers or crow At every turn Please understand I'm what I am I hope one day you'll learn That if it walks like a duck Talks like a duck And waddles around like the dickens If it acts like a duck Quacks like a duck It ain't no chicken If a pig had wings, watch out below. If I fly the coop, what'd you expect? If I stay, will you accept? That if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and waddles around like the chickens. If it acts like a duck, quacks like a duck, it ain't no chicken. If it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and waddles around like the chickens. If it acts like a Seriously? Seriously. I never heard of such a thing. Well, it just happened. The whole cast of Romeo and Juliet have chicken pox? Yep. Seriously. I already said that. Tell me what we're going to do. It's opening night. You know how much money I invested in this show? Well, my money's at stake here, too, you know. I know. I never should have listened to you. You wanted to do this as much as I did. No, I mean not having understudies. Well, what it cost more money. Well, now we're in a hole, aren't we? Wait. Wait a minute. I got an idea. Well, I think it's a good idea. That is, if they agree to it. What are you mumbling about? You know Sal and Lighting? Yeah, what about Sal and Lighting? He's a member in the club across the street. What club across the street? The Cigar Club. So? They can do it. Do what? Take on those roles. Take on the roles of Romeo and Juliet? And the Capulets and the Montagues. You're crazy. No, no, listen. They've come to most of the rehearsals. Some of them even said the lines out loud with the actors. Call me crazy, but I think this could work. Okay, you're crazy. But at this point, I need to eat tomorrow. Call them up. Better yet, I'll get Sal and we'll go over there together to make them the pitch. Sal! Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No. I can't believe this. What? It's not half bad. Which half are you listening to? 
She speaks. Oh, speak again, bright angel, for thou art as glorious to this night, being o'er my head, as is a winged messenger of heaven unto the white, upturned, wondering eyes. The wondering eyes of the audience is turning upward. Shh. Romeo, Romeo, where forth art thou, Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name. For if thou wilt not, be but sworn, my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Shall I hear more, or shall I speak at this? I can't hear more of this. I'm getting a drink. Come on. Chicken. Oh, I see you're back. Yep. It's almost over. Oh, churl, drunk all and left no friendly drop to help me after? I will kiss thy lips. Happily, some poison yet doth hang on them to make... Ah, sure would like to trade places with Juliet right now. Shh! Then I'll be brief. Oh, happy dagger. This is thy sheath. There, rust, and let me die. But I can give thee more, for I will raise her statue in pure gold. <laughs> That while Verona by that name is known, there shall be no figure at such rape he set as that of a <coughs> true, faithful Juliet. As rich shall Romeo be by his lady lie, poor sacrifices <laughs> of our enmity. A glooming peace this morning with it brings, the sun for sorrow will not show his head. Go hence. To have more talk of these sad things. Some shall be pardoned and some punished. <coughs> For never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. Still think I was crazy? You dankish, dizzy-eyed Dewberry. You did it. I did it. Hey, hey here's, here's to, to the, the Cigar, cigar Club. Club. Something wrong with your voice? Yeah, you should get that checked out. <gasps> Let's go, Morty. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> so, uh, this song, um, All the Love I Can Stand, you've been married for over six years. Um, and you're still, you're still, you're still in your honeymoon phase. So you've titled the song "All the Love I Can Stand." Tell me, tell me about this song. Uh, it's not necessarily about me. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such it's a romantic. It's such a romantic, beautiful song. To be a songwriter in Nashville, you have to have been married at least twice, so you have something to write about. Uh huh. <laughs> So who wrote this song? Mike, do you write all the songs? I don't write all of them. He writes most of them. I write the ones that don't win us awards. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that means, Mary Beth, you've written the song that does win the awards? I write the serious. I tend to, and I don't write them by myself. I tend to come up with ideas from 
think more serious songs than Michael Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, songs that are kind of more they're more actually true folk songs and more related to social issues. I and see. those are the ones that have gotten us in to some of the contests because they're a they're folk songs and they're contests for folk music. So. Uh-huh. So out of the songs that we are speaking of, which one have you written? None. Wait a minute. Right, so far. But so she, far. She wrote, I'd say, 60% of a song called Chains, okay. which is about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire. Okay. And she wrote a, um, certainly more than half of Widow of the Mountain, Did which you? is a pretty deep song. Okay. And then we recently uh, wrote a song together. I'd say Mary Beth wrote 80% of it. It's called Stars Without Heaven. It's about a little girl during the, the Holocaust. Okay. And those three songs, I would say those are the three that got us into the Kerrville New Folk Contest each right. time. Let's just talk about then All the Love I Can Stand. Tell me about that song. You know, I think it was kind of about my ex-wife. When I think back when I, when I was writing it, I think it was basically about my ex-wife. The title kind of says it all. <laughs> says it all, yeah. I was wondering yeah. about that. With Mary Beth, this is your love of your life, and you've been married for six years, and I know this is going strong. So that's why I was wondering why this song was written, and you just yeah. answered my question. So why don't we listen to uh, All the Love I Can Stand, because, hey, okay. I get it. I get it very much, <laughs> and it's a, it's a really good song. All right.
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega, my musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We love to have you and share our Parlor City. Back again now to KB Cabaret.